Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Um, 
Andrew is going to come morning when he comes on. He's going to tell us about their upcoming event that they have. They have a wonderful upcoming event, and we want to make sure that we're around to support that event. And so be willing to ask questions. I told him to make sure he gives us his whys, and we're just waiting for him to come on. Now, he did. Um, he called earlier, so I know he's ready. He was ready about almost three hours earlier. <laughs> he wasn't exactly sure which time and all of these different time zones that we all have. So he will be calling in soon. So um, we do have a couple callers on the line. If you'd like to announce yourself or if you'd like to visit us in the chat room, please be willing to just give us a shout-out in the chat room, share your link, and just let us know a little bit about who you are. So as we wait for Andrew to come through, I guess we can just do um, this week in tech. Some of the great information people have been sharing, and we have um, we're at the Urban Tech Fair. Our groups people really share a phenomenal amount of information. Oh, okay, great. So Andrew is here, so we're going to bring him on the line right now. <laughs> So welcome, Mr. Andrew L. West. How are you today? Good, sir. Thank you, Jacob, and thank you so much for having me. I'm awesome, and I'm humbled to be on the call tonight. This is a great show that you're doing and covering folks in the, the tech space, and, and I'm just really excited about Urban Tech Weekend 2014 in Houston, and I'm glad to be here. All right, all right. So just to bring our audience up to speed, because we have audiences from all over. Some are tech, some aren't super techie, and some of them you know, some of them you don't know. And we're from, since we're taking advantage of technology and the Internet, people are call, um, listening in from all over the world. So there's one thing everyone wants to know. Who is Andrew L. West? Who is Andrew L. West, the man? And then tell us about your claim to fame. Oh, man. I don't know where to start. I'm I'm just a, a humble servant, you know, being obedient for a mission, um, a, a national and, and potentially global mission to diversify the tech and STEM space um, with more African Americans. Um I'm a native of New Orleans, Louisiana. I've, I've lived all over uh, the country, so it's, but now I'm based in Houston. Um, I've led a 16-year tech career, um, working for a number of types of entities, corporate, um, banking, um, you name it. Um, I, what the most inspirational time of my 16-year tech career prior to, to founding in Bitlow and, and stepping out as a tech entrepreneur, I worked in education. I worked in um, K-20 education, if you will. I, I was working with Delaware University um, as an IT manager in New Orleans, and mm-hmm. I worked with K-12 schools in New Orleans, implementing technology, integrating technology in the school systems. I was a chief technology officer there, and it inspired, um, the, it, it just doubled and, and, and put steroids on, if you will, the, the, the unction for me to found in Bitlow, which is a national black information mm-hmm. technology leadership organization. So okay. there's this next generation who, you know, they, you know, many different things influence them, things we have to relate to them in unconventional means. And we have, I, I felt that we had the ability to reposition the middle class um, by, by really engaging and, and inspiring them to pursue careers in information technology to become tech entrepreneurs, to pursue, you know, higher education in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics careers. And so that's kind of who I am. Um, first part of my career, I was very in it to win it. I was very money-driven. I was highly su- successful, worked 24 hours around the clock, still do, but now I'm working for social good. Um, okay. And so th- that, that's what um we do within Bitlow and, and our Urban Tech Weekend series of conference events. In Bitlow, so that um, people can join in. How is In Bitlow spelled? I mean, and, um, I mean, what's the website? Give us the website. 
Sure, and Bidlow.org, it's actually just like it sounds, but it's N-B-I-T-L-O dot O-R-G, and that's for the National Black Information Technology Leadership Organization, and Bidlow.org. Great. So um, as a child, were you into technology as a youth? I mean, what sparked your interest? Mm -hmm. That's an awesome question. As a child, I had very supportive parents. They exposed me to many things. I, I you know, I got my leadership foundations um, in the church. Okay. Um, beyond that, my mom worked in technology for NASA in New Orleans, and she would bring me there okay. on career days. Um, my dad was a, a serial entrepreneur, founded many things, you know, successful businessman. And to, you know, and and so my parents put in me an entrepreneurial spirit um, at an early age. Um, mm-hmm. My dad was—he's a traditionalist, and he was—he's of the older generation. He actually marched with Martin Luther King, um, mm-hmm. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in the Civil Rights Movement. So you know, I, I had parents that kind of embedded in my DNA. My mom worked in tech, and my dad was just like on the, the social change and, and ministry aspect, and they created this you know, this brainchild, you know, who was destined to do things. They, I, I tell you, I, I, I often tell the story. Um, when I entered ninth grade, you know, computers, this was in the, the early 90s when, okay. you know, we didn't have computers in households like we do now. They weren't prevalent. So my parents bought me a computer, you know, for me to be successful and be able to do assignments. Well, I popped that computer open. I wanted to know the inner workings of it, how it was built, and and so I I, I was beaten for it. You know, I you know I, they were like, "What are you doing? We spent this money." <laughs> but I, I often I often recall that story. Um, it it it, it, it kind of shaped who I am now. I, I was exposed to many things. I founded the newspaper in high school. I come from a musical family, so I have an a sincere appreciation for the arts. You know, everyone mm-hmm. in my family is musical, and, and, you know, studies and research has shown that there's a correlation between, you know, science, technology, engineering, and math, and, and music, that they, they, you know, correlate. You know, most yeah. your mad scientists or your, your high-tech people, they, they may have a violin in the closet or a piano in the house. So mm-hmm. that's kind of who I am. Andrew? Andrew, we lost you. Can you hear me? Okay, now we can hear you. <laughs> okay. All righty. Yeah, we lost you for a moment there. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, <laughs> well, do you play any instruments? Do you sing? Do you, um, you know, since you went there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, as a child, I was classically trained on a piano. All right. I learned computer by ear, though. <laughs> and, <laughs> and of course, um, in high school, I founded a computer club, and I actually was allowed to build the first computer lab in my high school. I was a student advocate, um, did a lot of things in leadership in high school, and um, okay. which, which kind of prepared me. You know, I, I didn't know they were building blocks and, and kind of seeds for the future that was ahead of me. But yes. But yes um. I think that's great. I mean, I think that's so important. I think, you know, in everything there's a lesson to be learned, you know. Um, you know, you know, I like to get into the technical things, but understanding and knowing a person and certain patterns. When supportive parents and parents that expose and allow its children to get into different things to see what their gifts and talents are is important. Right. And I think, and plus, I think there's a correlation with boys and taking things apart. I mean, all my boys will tear <laughs> anything apart if it's a clock, or whatever. <laughs> I think boys just want to know how things work. You know, they tear things apart, but they'll put them back together. That's the thing about it. They'll tear it apart, but they'll learn it. And, and that lesson is too that you know sometimes as parents we get so hyped. You know, because, you know, you you get to, you know, I paid this, you get this order and structure, and you get so into that 
that sometimes, and I like to just say this, especially the parents, don't, you know, squelch the children's spirit. Sometimes, because kids are just so creative, they, they just vibrate on such another level and plane that sometimes they can just seem totally weird to us or out the way. But don't squelch that, especially if, if they're taking things apart. Most of the time they can put them back together. <laughs> but, Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I believe that we are innately creative. I mean, if you... If you look at uh, innovation, if you look at inventions, if you look at uh, coding, if you look at it from a universal or from a, a spiritual perspective, you know, those who, who believe that God created us in his own image, he yeah. created us to be creators. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'll say on, mm-hmm. on that note. We have innately in us the ability to build yeah. businesses, to build enterprises, to innovate, to think, to create inventions, to mm-hmm. create applications that solve the world's problems, just to, yeah. to, to build. Yeah, that, that is. It's totally correct. <laughs> that, you know, <laughs> that, you know, that image we are is a spiritual image, and it creates, you know, speak things into existence. Sometimes, you know, just by reiterating these little points, most, I'm pretty sure most of the people who are listening in and who will listen in have heard something somewhere along the line. So it's all purposed, and there's something for us to gain. And and to that end, and you'll continually hear it in Andrew's speech and in his voice, but to that end and the reason why Andrew is here on a digital drummer and came over and supporting the Urban Tech Fair, and the Urban Tech Fair is supporting um, MBIT and Bitlow and um, the Urban Tech Weekend, the reason why is because the one thing we all have in common is we have a love for our community and, and to the point of we are willing to do whatever it takes to change. So if you want to call us all activists or community advocates or whatever, that's the one thing we have in common. And Absolutely. because of that... Um, we are unique people coming together, and if you're listening in, then you're called for a purpose. And so, um, you know, just not to so be in a technology or, you know, like I said, we all engage it. But it doesn't all have to be the same way. It doesn't all have to necessarily look a certain way and sometimes just seeing things differently. Now, I'm, I'm going to say I'm a, a math addict, so <laughs> when I came into knowledge of computers, you know, that was really right up my alley. So things that, you know, break down into binary numbers, okay, everybody may not be there, but there are always so many different ways and just like talk about the innovation and the creativeness. So... That's just that lesson. But uh, as we move on, um, we do want to talk a little bit. Um, I want you to explain more what Embitlo is. You know, what is Embitlo? How can people join? Um, you know, what's the goal and mission of Embitlo? And that should take us into the Urban Tech Weekend. Absolutely. And so as he does that, I'm going to put that um, URL for the Urban Tech Weekend in the chat room. But just to, you know, break down to us. Um, well, since you talked a little bit about Embitlo, I'm pretty sure a lot of, I don't know how many people also know that you're the author of Modern CEO. So, you know, tell us a little bit about the book Modern CEO and, you know, what it's about. And then move okay. us into Embitlo. Man, that's almost like a, uh, an entirely different <laughs> interview, but I'll give you the brief of it. <laughs> well, you know so, we have a lot of entrepreneurs and <laughs> professionals listening in. <laughs> Absolutely. So the modern CEO, Technology Tools, Innovation, and Guidebook for Today's Tech Savvy Leader, that was my first um, published book. And I penned that book. It was a time in my career where I had been serving in a number of leadership capacities in a, a, a plethora of organizations. I've been on the executive teams, um, you know, be it with vice presidents or with the CEO um, of organizations. And the book was a, a call to action 
technology was often, we found that technology initiatives were often left on the back burner. So there'd be these projects or these initiatives, and they would bring technology to the table at the last minute um, and, and try to get us to be the savior of the project or to implement it. So my, my opinion of the modern CEO uh, was a, to create a strategy guide for leaders of all types of organizations, to, to call them to action, to, you know, to say, look, here, here's the importance of technology. Technology needs to be at the table at the beginning of any initiative. You know, we need to be a voice. We need to be a leadership voice. We need to drive initiatives, and we need to help you create revenue. We need to help you meet your targets and, and meet vision. So, so parallel to it being called it action guide for leaders, it was also pinned for emerging technology leaders to understand the language of, you know, how to, how to get in your CEO's ear, how to get in the vice president's or executive team's ear, and, and how to let them know that, that you're more than just about systems, you're more than just, you know, a, a person, an operator who operates things, who who writes code, that you're, you're actually a thought leader and you can plan and, and, and help them meet what they're trying to do and create revenue at the same time. So it's, it's a call to action for leaders. And um, mm-hmm. it, it was my, uh, you know, I, I had the book in my, my head for years. I had copies mm-hmm. of the manuscript written, and I finally went ahead and published. And the, the support and the response from the tech community, from academia, to the uh, you know for folks in the early stages of technology uh, technology careers and from leaders, it, I really got a phenomenal response to what was a kind of exploratory book. You know, I didn't know it, it was more on the the professional self help side of you know like a business guide, if you will, mm-hmm. where business at the intersection of entrepreneurship, um, tech, and 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 business. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's something very needed. I mean, um, just from the mindset in corporate and in business a lot, and even if you're an entrepreneur, I think it's really necessary to build certain mindsets and to realize, especially as you build your business. But um, a lot of times people just think, I got a job. And then the different departments, they work and they do maybe their little area well, but they never think about it as part of the whole. And the bottom line, it's, it's, it's about generating revenue. So when they do, you know, and a lot of times people do that. They'll come and talk compassionately to you about what they do, but they can't align their value with, you know, the bottom line and generating revenue and sometimes that's how a lot of different departments get ignored or um even when people are making plea but i would suggest if you're if you're in corporate america at all if you are an entrepreneur if you do business even if you're doing events engaging i would suggest to read it anything that gives you good strategy it's a good read i just suggest you read it now tell I us yeah. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. You know, I I just think it's something we need. I, I work with a lot of small businesses and clients, and and even um, organizations, nonprofits. There's just a, such a disconnect, and the whole strategy. Um, I just feel probably ninety percent of the workforce doesn't understand the mechanics. Of, of true business. They understand what they do, but not true business. And that was a real yeah. issue now back in the 80s and 90s. That was an issue in tech. Because yeah, I started, uh, we had mainframe systems when I started. Mm-hmm. We had the first computers in my high school. When I, got, when I was in 12th grade, we, we had the first three computers. There was three of them. Anyway, at Macintosh, and it was the first computers in, in our yeah. whole high school ever. So I ain't going to tell you how long ago that was. And when I got <laughs> in the workforce, <laughs> um, 
still on mainframe systems because Apple was really the only one with the PC, and that's the one we got in school. But when, um, you know, most of the, you know, private sectors and the government, they were still mainly working off a mainframe system, and they were just, like, we had one, when I started working with the government, um, U.S. Census Bureau, we had one PC in the entire office. <laughs> wow. And it was, it sat in one little area. Nobody went over there because most people didn't know how to use it. I went over there and taught myself. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's important that, you know, at that time, a lot of tech people, they knew whatever they knew. Whatever they were trained and certified in, that's what they knew. But they could never think outside of that. And that's probably how I just grew so much in tech because I frustrated. No one could – I seem like I always come up with a, I don't know, complicated, I don't know, some answer that nobody knows the answer to. And I always had to wind up figuring it out and finding it out for myself. So, um, so um, and again, the reason why I was able, so, able to do that because in high school I took a programming course. So coding – is very good. Like you said, it teaches you how to think. And that was my best education ever. But um so now we can go from there into in Bitlow. Absolutely. So we got your background and mm-hmm. Yeah, I just just to build this up, we got his background as a passion person, activist, tech mom, inquisitive, <laughs> gifted child, leader who's writing books on strategy in the tech realm, which I know wasn't too many books, especially at that time, in that realm. And so now you are finding Mbitlo when you bring all of this genius to this organization. That person you were speaking about, you know, having having resources and being that black girl who knew how to code, um, it's kind of why. Um, and Bill O was founded, I am a strong believer in professional development. So mm-hmm. all throughout my tech career, I would find myself at these major technology conferences, Microsoft conferences, you know, you name it, Cisco. Being, I've been, been, if there's an event, I've been to it. And the common, the common thing you find in common is the same as in the workplace, that you wouldn't see many faces that look like you. So oftentimes when I was working in, in information technology, I was if not the only black in the department, the only black male um, in the entire organizations that I've, I've been working in. And so Inbitlo initially was founded to create a nationwide network of support for, for IT professionals of color, for folks to be able to connect, you know, say, hey, you know, we are out there. We exist, even though we only represent 9% of the entire workforce in North America. And, and as far as the leadership position, we're less than 3%. You know, and as far, as far as women in information technology of any color, they're less than 1%. And so we advocate to bridge the digital divide, and, and we do that in, in three unique areas. Um, so our three focus areas are IT professional resources, um, STEM development, and innovation and entrepreneurship. And so how those are defined and, and what they look like is, um, you, you know, once you join as a member on www.embitlow.org, you gain access to our nationwide um, database of members um, where you can interconnect with folks who may be working on similar projects, in the, you know, in their jobs, they may have, you may be connected with hiring managers in IT, CIOs, chief technology officers. Um, there's a number of resources. We keep cutting-edge info from tech recruiters. Um, we know that in the current market in North America, 87% of jobs, by and large, um, in the tech space, are now filled through technology recruiters, through tech recruiters. Okay. So the, the workforce has changed. There's, there's no newspaper positions. There's no career builder, no monster. When you're applying on career builder and monster and dice and those folks now, you're, you're uh, nine times out of ten applying to a recruiter who is, mm-hmm. who is 
you know, recruiting for a position. Um, so our second area, STEM development, we found that, you know, not only were there shortages in tech, but there were, there were parallels in science, technology, engineering, and math. And, you know, we kind of we, we adopt a 100 black men's notion of what they see they will be in. It's, it's not, we don't, you don't see black men of color, you don't see black women of color represented heavily when it comes to technology, comes to, you know, things in the tech space. They, mm-hmm. You don't see that in the mainstream media. And, you know, I, I believe in part that it's systematic and, and, and you know, just, mm-hmm. just very intentional. Yes. You know, <laughs> they, they, you know, they, they you know, it, we, we happen to get malt liquor advertisements, you know, constantly put in front of our children. You know mm-hmm. the twerk videos, all all the all the na- mainstream media puts the wrong things in front of our kids constantly and consistently. Yes. Even on the internet, if if you're not even on TV, and so what we what we extend to do is show show folks, show the the world, show generations that we're out there. You can be successful. You can still be cool. You know, you can be who you mm-hmm. are. You can be creators and not merely consumers. You know, one of our, our other concerns is the black dollar. We we know the trillions of dollars that that come out of the hands of black professionals in in North America, but those dollars are not in our own neighborhoods. They're not in our own backyards. They're not going into our own startups. So we've lost the sense of economy, but we know the sense of consumerism. We we've got that down pat. We'll, we'll buy anything you sell us. Michael Kors got rich off of it. You know, the, I can name people. You know, Coke is Coke has gotten millions off of us over the year, billions off of us mm-hmm. over the years, and sent folks, you know, with the diet versions with cancer. So, mm-hmm. you know, so that so exposure, professional development, and then the uh, entrepreneurship and innovation piece, and that is, you know, inspiring folks to break out of the nine to five. You know, it's great to, to maximize your career, go work for folks, go learn industry. But for those who have it in them, we want them to go and, and found businesses, found startups, and we will support and incubate them. So that is the programmatic, the three programmatic sides of the Invitlo House. We're split into four regions um, that is span across North America, and there is also the the interactive side of what we do, and it is our annualized conferences. And we we started out very small in New Orleans. There was, I remember, like yesterday, we called together a meeting. It was 30 folks in a room at Xavier University. And we we called it the New Orleans Citywide Technology Professionals Meetup. And we got together, you know, it was maybe four or five of the guys, they were folks on my staff at the time. The rest of the folks were all strangers to me. But in that moment, in that first meeting, we set the tone of inclusiveness. We, we had all had similar experiences that we go to these tech conferences and no one sees. You know, so say if there are three black people in the conferences, we're so alienated, they, did, they didn't even connect at those events. Mm-hmm. So we set a tone then at our very first meetup. We said that in any Embitlo event, no attendee will be left behind. So when we say networking, when we, you see that on advertisements, we mean that. And, and so we grew from there. We had the New Orleans event. We had, and it, it grew to a national conference in Atlanta. Um, we did a leadership event in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Um, we brought the event to Miami. Uh, we were in Houston last year. Um, we are in, returning to Houston again this year, so we are entering into year six of existence, and we've grown to a, an event that we call Urban Tech Weekend. And okay. Urban Tech Weekend is three days of IT professional resources, uh, startup information, um, hackathons, innovation and entrepreneurship. We focus on topics such as women in technology, women in STEM, urban economics and opportunity, and a number of things that you can 
see by visiting our, our website that's dedicated to the conference, which is urbantechweekend.com. Okay. So that's kind of the short version of who we are. We had some great, I had a great team of co-founders, Jamel Knighton, Stephanie Reese, Juan Hayes, uh, Jerome Barnes. There, there were a number of people who helped bring this thing to life, uh, and they still support the event, even today, even Michael James. And um, those folks, we were, we were a group, we had a vision, and these were folks that I had either, either worked with at some point in my career. I mean, we, we were all over, so we began with a virtual leadership team. Some folks were in New Orleans, some were in Miami, some were in Atlanta, some were in Los Angeles, and we created this, this nucleus uh, of connection. We would do conference calls, we would do virtual, you know, calls to grow this thing, and we've kept it alive. And we continue to extend to an event that creates measurable, measurable results, and that is closing these gaps in the digital divide. We, we want to make it, we want to tell the tech industry, we want to send a strong message to Silicon Valley that there are black professionals, we're successful, we exist, we don't have to buy Microsoft products, we don't have to buy Apple products, we can create them. We can create them, we can build them. We don't have to just be on the consumer side of the house. So you wanted to know what it is, and that's what it is that we do. <laughs> Oh, that's great. That is great. Um, that's great. So, um, Isaiah, one can hear you are so passionate, and I just love hearing you and love learning more about you. At first, um, Cairo Queen, one uh, also the Urban Tech Fair members as well, she, um, that's where I first engaged you, heard about the organization, but that's where I first engaged you on um on one of her calls. And uh-huh. um hello? Yes, Andrew? I'm here. Okay, alrighty. Yes. <laughs> now I was just saying me? how I f- yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Absolutely. Yes, Cairo, right. um she's doing some amazing things with her taste of technology. I I'm grateful to her for connecting us. Yes, yes. <laughs> and um <laughs> yeah, you know, that's one thing that's really good and it's just um I can say I I first started with the Urban Tech Fair because Jim was so supportive of things that I was working on. He always was so willing to share information and give you information. And I was like, I need, you know, I actually need a game build. He said, well, you know what, you can do it yourself. I'm like, I can't build my own. Yes, you can. Go here. (laughs) That was always Jim. (laughs) And so when he was doing this, I was like, well, you know what, it was a good idea. I, you know, I'm kind of an administrative person as well. So I said, well, let me help him out. So I did this, did that. And that was my initial intention. But um, it was just so good to meet so many, you know, dynamic people. And that was one, one of the purposes of the Urban Tech Fair is because one of the things of learning is how many dynamic people there are not just all around the world, but who's actually near you. And we don't know because it's not shown in the mainstream media because there are just very few places and everyone is not necessarily, like, in the tech realm. It's just like when I work with artists, um, one of my – I love the arts, period. Everything about the arts and every aspect of the arts I love. And um I worked, started working with visual artists, then I worked with theater artists. Then I got into spoken word artists from the theater artists because a lot of them, was, you know, they were very given of their talent. I realized they had like, lacked some sources, but, um, you know, the one thing about it is um, if you're not into the poetry movement, like say if you're not into poetry and you don't go to poetry readings and things, it's not that you won't like poetry, you're just not in that clique, so you're not exposed to it because you're not in that clique. But that doesn't mean it can't be exposed and you don't need to be exposed because uh, once exposed, it's just like any kind of artist, whatever their artistry is, if I bring you an artist, I guarantee to sell you. The issue is getting you to experience the art. 
And most of the time that means I had to take their art outside of its typical setting, like outside of the poetry readings and put it someplace where people may not necessarily be used to it to give it a platform. And that's the same thing most of us are working to do with tech because we've gotten in this bubble. Now, the one good thing about young people, they're born with tech, so they are, it's not, their issue is not about adapting tech. Their issue, you know, um, with mainstream media and what we got to focus on is how they use the technology. And, their, and, again, their vision, that their vision isn't limited to think I can only gossip on Facebook or social media or I can only do this or this is just what's available for the use of it, but that they have a vision and, and um, see that anything is possible. So that's just a good thing about us coming together and sharing information and sharing it just to show all what's possible, whether you're in the tech field or not directly in the tech field. And even um, a lot of industries, in order to get something built or any business done, you have to be proficient in more than one area. So even if it's a tech startup, they're going to need every, every person is not required to be a techie. Everyone is needed to be able to run it. But you also do always need to understand the core of what a business does. And since technology impacts us all all the time, we all need to understand. And then we all need to also include this to our people who are even outside of tech because they're all they're all part of the line some way or another. So, um I just wanted Pardon. to share that. And um, the one thing you did talk about that you talked about before, and um, before we go to this last segment, um, I do, is the children, because you do a lot with youth, but you didn't have to share that here yet. But before you do, let's just go back and just shout out the websites, how people can get in touch with you, or not even that, because we, we got the links. Well, the focus is right now, we are into September. We need to know what is the date of the Urban Tech Fair weekend. Um, are there still registration, tickets available? How can people engage? What's going on? Just give us the whole Urban Tech Fair weekend spiel. Absolutely. Urban Tech weekend is September 25th through 28th, um, 2014. It's in a couple weeks. Registration is free and open to the public. There are some premium options of registration, um, such as VIP registration. Um, and you can register online via our website. Um, leading up to the event, we have a series of Twitter chats every Tuesday at noon central. So on our Twitter site, on our Twitter chats, we're actually bringing in uh, featured speakers, some of our past keynote speakers and some of our speakers from our upcoming um, event. Um, they are on the Twitter chat. The Twitter chats um, have had an amazing reach and amazing impact. And that, you know, besides that, the website, Google Plus, I mean, you can find us anywhere. Our social media team has done a great job of, of you know, just putting us out there. The information is out there. Um, Ani Akpe, Innovate um, Magazine out of New York. Andrew. She's our okay. media partner. She's done Great. an amazing job in supporting us as well. Andrew, real quick, before we move too far on, the Twitter chats. Now, which day of the week are they? They are every Tuesday at 12 noon Central. Okay. And how does one, in case someone doesn't know, how does one engage a t Twitter chat? They simply need to log on to Twitter um, and enter hashtag Urban Tech Weekend. That is a, the pound sign um, with Urban Tech Weekend, all one word. And it shows you every tweet, every retweet, everything that's out there concerning our upcoming event. During the Twitter chat, you have a number of folks who are on panels, and you have a moderator, an actual Twitter moderator, who's asking questions. And you can join in those questions. You can join the conversation and ask your own questions to the panelists or about the event through the Twitter chat. Great. That's great. So um, 
So it's happening in two weeks. It's September 25th. And um, general registration is open and free to the public. And there are premium options such as VIP in order to register. And you can just go to www.urbantechweekend.com. You can go there to register. And um, so what goes on beyond that, you know? Oh, man. Um, are there still we, we hotels can... available? Yes. Our our, okay. our room block is... Um, our room block is available for another 15 days. Um, okay. Our event um, is being held at the Wyndham. It's in the heart of the energy corridor. Um, if you know the footprint of Houston, it is largely um, run by uh, it's, or made up of oil and gas companies, manufacturing. Um, we have some universities here, but all of those industries are required to, you know, run by tech. So there's a a huge tech market here um, in Houston, mm-hmm. and, and we chose the energy corridor uh, because of the it being in the heart of oil and gas industry, the major players. There are over 3,000 energy companies in, based right here in Houston. Mm-hmm. Right. And so a person attending, what, what, what should they expect to happen at the Urban Tech Weekend? So the the makeup of our event, we've we've kept our signature, which is panel discussions, a series of panel discussions that are are highly interactive. In our panel discussions, we bring in folks from around the country, um, in the tech space and the recruiting space, um, from a, a plethora of backgrounds, and they just tell their stories. And and out of them telling their stories we create strategies and takeaways um, during the event. We also have a tech expo um, where tech companies will exhibit and diversity uh, recruitment expo where, you know, you can come to Urban Tech Weekend and be recruited um, for your next position. There's also a hackathon piece of the event um, where we have a, a global innovation hackathon and we are the the two categories are hacking for social justice and hacking for the economy with an emphasis on education and, and STEM apps. So things that can really enhance, you know, kind of global problems, you know, or or building apps that can create a better economy for the African American community. Um, two of our keynote speakers are Natalie Cofield. She is the president of the Austin Black Chamber of Commerce. She's also the founder of the uh, Austin Black Technology Council. We also have Dr. John Calhoun. He's the CEO and founder of IMS Engineers, a multimillionaire engineering firm, the largest uh, engineering firm in the South. So we, we have lots of notables. We have over 50 speakers this year. Like I said, panel discussions. Power pack, interactive. It's, it's not like a, you know, it's not like a classroom. You're sitting there and being lectured to. Our panel discussions that that's our juice. They get interactive, mm-hmm. um, so the, the the panelists engage with the audience, um, and we get we get real life connections and real life stories at the event. All right. So now, who would you say are the best people to attend? Um, anyone from early career technology professionals, early career STEM professionals, um, college students, uh, mid, mid-level career professionals, anyone who wants to join the conversation concerning where tech is going, concerning where blacks in technology and blacks in STEM are going, and, and kind of some of the, the, the conversations, that there's been lots of conversations um, out of the efforts of Andrew, Andrew, we lost you for okay. We lost you for a moment. <laughs> Andrew, okay, okay. How about now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Mm-hmm. You were saying about um, the people who engage, and then you were saying there were. Um, 
a lot of people out of, and we kind of lost you. Okay, certainly. Um, <laughs> so, you know, there's been lots of talk about the diversity numbers, at Yahoo and Google mm-hmm. and Apple. And what people don't respect and, and realize is that it was Reverend Jesse Jackson's engagement and in, in entering into Silicon Valley and demanding that data um, is, is a result of why it was brought to the forefront. I believe that it is a technology renaissance happening, and it is also a movement. I, I compare the, the state of technology in America right now and, and globally to the renaissance period, the literary renaissance of the 13th and 14th century, where people just they were writing poetry, they were, they were creating thought, they were, philosoph- they were philosophers that emerged, and then you had the civil rights movement of the early or the mid-1900s. So I believe what's happening now is kind of a result in a, a, where, where a, a movement of blacks in technology gaining their civil rights and creating equity in the tech space. And there's also a renaissance of, the, you know, folks are not only authoring books, but they're authoring applications. They're, they're authoring things, problems, you know, uh, solutions to the problems that exist in everyday life and in the world and in the economy. So there is a renaissance of sorts going on, and, and our event is a culmination of thought leaders who are engaged in that process. Folks, we, we have a very collaborative uh, group of partners that are on our executive team. We have Geeks Going Global, Farouk Hunter out of Atlanta. You know, they're engaged, they're a strategic partner. We have women of STEM who will be um, – and our event, we have just a number of groups. Mentor Me, Britt Fitzpatrick out of Memphis, Tennessee, she'll be there with us. We have Anwan Simmons, author of Minority Tech. Um, we have Kai Dupuy, who, you know, the mm-hmm. Kai Dupuy and Bitwise. We, we just have, like, an amazing group of thinkers and creators that, that come together, and we, we say, you know, we see you, we hear you, we appreciate you, we support you. Let's build and create together. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, you know, and the one thing I just wanted to just ask and ask you to differentiate, you know, for our audience and those who may be listening that this may not know, what is, how do you define innovation? And, that, you know, that term is being used so much, but how do you define innovation? So I define innovation as thought beyond the wheel. Um, so if you you think of a wheel, a wheel is motion. A, a wheel is a, a continuum. It, a wheel spins. It, 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 it is motion. But thinking in terms of innovation, what can you do beyond the spinning? Where, where, so where does the wheel go? Where do we take the, the wheel? How do we go from a launch pad of an idea? How do we extend it into something, you know, it, where, where we're doing what we're, we've been created to do, to be, to, to be innovators, to, to, to use our innate ability of ingenuity and creating things that don't exist and, and manifesting things that will impact and, and create a better world. That's what innovation is from my perspective. Now, there's a textbook definition of it that we know as well, and that is largely thought of improving on an existing idea. Mm-hmm. But innovation, it, the, the, term, the term and the meaning is, is evolving. Mm-hmm. All right. I just wanted to bring that because that term is being used so much, so much these days. And um, we have about six minutes to go, so I just want to take one minute to give a shout-out to all our guests, everyone who is in the chat room. I know some people just started leaving, but we still have a few people in the chat room. We have a few callers on the line. Again, if you want to say something, if you want to ask any questions, just press 1 and let us know if you want to speak. Please press the number 1, and that way we'll know you want to speak. And for all of those in the chat room, if you have a question or something, just post it. And, um, okay, we do, we, do, we do have someone from the 617 who has a question for you. Hello? 
Hey, Jacqueline. It's uh, Shimon. Hey, Shimon. How are you? <laughs> I'm all righty. <laughs> you know, six from seven is Boston. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, did you have? Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed the show and um, uh, pleasure to hear you, uh, Andrew. I went to Xavier uh, for my freshman year, and then I finished up at Tulane. So know the place well. <laughs> Glad you're doing all that good work down there in uh, in, in New Orleans and uh, in Houston. You know the community really needs it. Um, I know you mentioned earlier about uh, early people in their career, mid-level. Uh, what do you think about people who are actively um, like social entrepreneurs and uh, people in other movements like yourself? Would you advise them coming down there to to, to network or collaborate other collaborations? Absolutely, we're open collaborators. We believe that this renaissance that is happening, we have to build and we have to collaborate together for it to happen. This, the, the civil rights movement didn't happen in a vacuum. You know, the, the, renaissance, the, the literary renaissance of the 14th century, they didn't happen alone. People connected. You know, they connected when there was no Facebook, there was no Twitter, there were no telephones, there were no Internet, and they made it happen. So we have no excuse now other than to move beyond egos and just really connect with people and help co-advance other folks' visions and empower them. But more than anything, what you, what you leave away from Mbitlo Urban Tech Weekend with is being empowered. It is truly an empowerment movement and it's an empowerment event. We welcome entrepreneurs who welcome folks who are doing other things, you know, trying to bridge the digital divide, we'll bridge it with you. Um, mm-hmm. We enable, you know, tech startup entrepreneurs, we'll, we'll equip you with resources um, within our networks. We, our, our folks, we're a, we're a down south um, event, but we have a global reach. We, we've got folks on multiple continents and all over North America engaged in what we're doing. Thanks to the digital age, Thanks to Twitter, thanks to the Internet, thanks to Facebook and Google+, we're able to be found and connect with folks like us. I mean, so, sounds really good. So um, I'm going to coordinate with Jackie and uh, obviously the, the wife to <laughs> see if uh, uh plan to get down there for the uh, for that two weekends from now. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Man. Welcome. Three weekends from now, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're scaring me. <laughs> so wait a minute, I thought I had another week. <laughs> okay. Oh, Simone, thank you just for calling in. Thanks yeah. for calling in and answering questions, sir. Yeah, Simone, just real quick, share a little bit about yourself. You know, like introduce yourself to Andrew. Hey, uh, well, Simone Warden, uh, supporter, member. Advocate with the Urban Tech Fair. Uh, I own my own consulting company called Safe Consultancy LLC. Do um, executive consulting, marketing, sustainability, change management, uh, technology. Uh, I love what you said earlier, uh, I, and I, I see that with my clients and prospective clients, where technology is an afterthought, and then their culture, their talent, their operations doesn't match with their technology. It's ad hoc. And they end up spending more money and spending more time and having not the results if they had planned it early on because they don't have those power brokers. I thought with that, that statement you made was very powerful and very relevant to experiences of small entrepreneurs and larger companies as well. Um, so uh, it sounds very fantastic, a lot, of, a lot of alignment there. Man, we look forward to meeting you. Be sure you find me when you come down and introduce yourself. Oh, yeah. All right. Now, if there is um, anyone else, just press 1 so that you can speak. Well, we have 56, 55 seconds left to streaming live. So you have 30 seconds, Andrew, and the whole world listening. What would you like to leave with us? I would like to leave with us to, to really – hone in on your vision, those things that you dream about, you know, just just be creators. Um, don't take lightly the things that come to you in dreams. You know, we, we don't tap into our gut 
we don't tap into our intuition enough. If there's been an unction that's telling you you can live a better professional life, you can improve the Silicon Valley in your own backyard, build one that you know where it doesn't exist, move forward and do that. Build with people who align, align yourself with people who are like-minded, who are visionaries, and who are implementers, who can help you build. And I got about 10 seconds left, and you, you go and follow us at Urban Tech Weekend and at Bitlow on Twitter, and just find us and Google us, connect with us. We want to hear from you. We want to share with you, and we want to build with you. Thank you, All Jackson. right. All right, Andrew, we got one more caller. Um, we're still recording. We just stopped streaming live. Okay. But we have a caller here, two people, one um, from the 303. Hello. Hi, uh, Jackie? Yes. Yes, Ted Tillman, how are you? Fine, how are you? you have a question for Andrew? Yes. Uh, in addition, I think it was stated that you have an event coming up in, in Houston, is that? Yes, that's correct. Okay, I just wanted to, to know if you had anything more to add in terms of specifics rather than technical in general. Absolutely. Um, so our event, like I mentioned before, is IP professional resources, um, tech startups and innovation, and also STEM resources. So there's a plethora of folks coming who are in the engineering space, who are in science, who are pharmacists, who are doctors, who are engineers that are joining us this year to expand our conversation, um, not only in tech. There are educators who will be in the room, folks who are from a wide range of backgrounds and a wide range of, of you know, just intricacies who are, who are concerned with and, and interested in what we're doing and, and really trying to expand what they do um, using our platform. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Now one more. We got another caller. Caller from the four oh four. Atlanta. Yes. Hello. 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 Can you hear me? Hello. Yes. Hi. Hi. Stephanie Reeves. Hello, Andrew. Um hey, how are you? I hello, Jackie. I am hey. just calling one as a person who has attended several of the um, Urban Tech Weekends in the past, from Atlanta to Miami to Houston. I've seen each of these events grow. And so no, I don't really have a question, but more of a plug for those who are listening okay. on that fence for, as far as attending. Each year as I've attended these, they have grown tremendously, um, from that small room of 30 people to more and more. And last year in Houston, I will tell you, surprised, just exceeded beyond my expectations, and I am so looking forward to uh, reconnecting with some old faces and getting um, a chance to visit, to, to meet new people. And so if you're sitting on that fence about going, um, it's one that I would not dare miss. Um, and I just encourage those um, to attend as well. So I just wanted to put that plug out there. Thank you for the call. I have enjoyed it. Awesome call, and thank you so much. Great. Thank, thank you, Stephanie. So <laughs> all right. Now, um, anyone else? Okay, that seems to be all the callers. So um, we just like to share with everyone for the Urban Tech Fair, you can check us out at www.urbantechfair.org and um, just click on join so that you can get on a list, get on a list. Like you say, get on a bus, get on a list. This way we can, um, you can stay up to date with what's going on. And our main purpose at the Urban Tech Fair, we manifest as a fair in different cities. And we specifically, our goal is just to showcase what's going on in technology in your local area. And then we showcase that to the whole world and to show the power of collaboration. And so when all the lie, they say we don't like to work together, we don't support one another, this call alone is a, a proof of the lie. So, But we okay. do want to put that more in front of our everyday people. So we reach out to the whole urban community, 12 to 55 techies and non-techies alike, because um, our focus is a family affair. 
So we focus in on the family because whether it's your natural family or the kinship community, you know, we're all impacted by one another. And if we need to build community, it can't just be the young people or just the techies who already know because we all interact with one another. So you have to understand when a tech, you know, if you're like, you're like, I'm going to earn some money. Well, you can flip a tech just like you can flip a house. But if you don't understand the value of tech and what technology can and cannot do, you don't understand how you can support and invest. And that's really important that we start investing in our own, um, that we actually have some money coming to the table because our expectation that people from other communities are going to be willing to put their mm-hmm. money with us is just it's not realistic, you know, Um now, people do. They, they're going to go after good business with good business. But if when all things are equal and I know you better, I'm going to pick the person I know. So it's just important that we develop um, people from our own community who can invest. And um, when our kids are coming home with gaming projects and you're like, yeah, you're not playing those, um, no video games. you got homework to do. <laughs> you know, understand that you're taking them away because – of, you know, the family's lack of knowledge, you can't support our youth. And so it's just a whole family affair. So just come find out about the Urban Tech Fair and how you can just come and just help support all of us. And don't forget, September 25th, Urban Tech Weekend, www.urbantechweekend.com. Just go there. Registration is free. Come on out. And that for everyone else, have a blessed week. Peace. Thank you. Have a good night. All right. Thank you, Andrew. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.